All right. Welcome back to Linfit Coaching Podcast. Me and Matt Donovan here. We are talking about just some common questions we get today. We're doing a little Q&A session. Um, if you guys like this, reach out to us and let us know you want more of these. Send us your questions. We want to answer these questions well. But today we're talking about fasted cardio and when should you train your core? So we're going to jump into these two questions we're excited about. It. So let's jump in. All right, so we're thinking about fasted cardio. People ask us, you know, is this the end all be all? Is this, should I I do this? Uh, We get lots of questions about it. And then the other thing is, when should you train your core or your abs more specifically? As everybody wants a six pack, right? You know, (laughs) not that everyone will get one, but everyone wants one, right? (laughs) So uh, what, what questions come up with fasted cardio? Why do people ask about it? Yeah, a lot of people ask about it because, I mean, one, like certain people have seen a lot of results from it. Um, which is great yeah um but i think the main idea behind it is that um when you're in fasted cardio you're less likely to use um, carbohydrates or anything glycogen as a fuel source and more likely to use fat um, which if you're you know if you're doing a long steady state cardio you're likely doing that to burn fat and so mm-hmm. um, people think that um, this will help them do that more effectively mm-hmm. if they do fasted cardio so yeah 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 there's definitely plenty of fasted cardio advocates out there. Mm-hmm. They're just like, this is the, this is the, this is the stuff, you know, this right. is the, the secret sauce, you know, this is how you do it. You know, um, you have to get into a little bit of energy systems to understand this. Um, so whenever you're not going at your maximum speed, maximum effort, whenever we're just sitting around like we are right now talking about this podcast, um, or whenever you're doing, so you said steady state cardio. That means that you're going at a steady pace. You can maintain this for a long time. You could potentially say a few words if you have to. It's not like breaking you. Um, and so that's steady state cardio. You're keeping a steady heart rate and you're not going to burn out. Um, anything above that um, is higher intensity. In steady state cardio, your body prefers to use fat as an energy source, whether it's available in your bloodstream already or stored fat. I want to clarify, in a resting metabolism, we're using fat all day long. So it's not like you only burn fat if you're doing a jog. Um, And then whenever we have the higher intensity exercise, we end up having carbohydrate as a preferred energy source. So that's faster to use. Even a other things like creatine phosphate that's a big burst of energy that only lasts for 10 seconds you know so anytime we're doing any exercise we're using all three but your body will try to use one more than the others based on your effort Mm -hmm. and so fasted cardio because you haven't eaten anything you don't have any readily available carbohydrate that's that you just ate um your body because it's coming out of sleep, it was burning fat all night long, it's still burning fat. So the advocates would say like, your body's gonna prefer to use fat since you didn't eat anything. It's gonna prefer to use stored fat specifically. And so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, um, regardless of if it's um, using stored fat or carbohydrates as that energy source, it really comes down to 
just calories in versus calories out, right? And so um, if you're going to be burning those calories, it doesn't matter if you're burning it from fat or from carbohydrates, you're mm -hmm. still burning those calories. And so at the end of the day, literally like at the end of the day, it's like um, <laughs> calories in versus calories out. How much did you eat? How much did you burn? That's going to be like your net change. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter what energy system, like you said, like when you're exercising, you're using all three of those energy systems. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't necessarily matter what fuel, sor fuel source um, you're using at the time. Um, but yeah, for some people, fasted cardio is great. I know some people that they wake up and... They don't necessarily want to eat maybe for their cardio it it doesn't really feel great they don't feel energetic um if they eat too much or they don't have time to eat a long time before their cardio and so um for yeah for some people like that maybe you want to work out super early in the morning fasted cardio can be great mm -hmm. um but i would say it's more of a personal preference yeah it really is personal preference like it, people see uh what works best for them uh so for example, if my tendency is to wake up, have a cup of coffee, stay away from the water, so I'm getting myself dehydrated, and then I pound a bunch of food, by doing some fasted cardio, like choosing to put off my breakfast a little while and do some exercise, maybe exercise that I would not have got in at another time of the day, then that is one thing that helps me burn more calories throughout the day and keep me from eating too much. So just by practicing saying no can be a powerful thing. So it's giving you more of a mental um, ability rather than necessarily being a secret sauce. You know, mm -hmm. um, It's helping you get more structure in your day. I'm starting the day waking myself up with some cardio of any kind and that's helping and whenever I finish that maybe I'm not as hungry as I was when I first woke up I have more um, and I'm also inspired and motivated because I started the day taking care of myself and so I'm going to have better control for my choices for breakfast that helps some people for some people it might be an easy way of adding in some extra exercise maybe mm -hmm. they're already they already have a gym routine they're doing some kind of strength training or resistance training but they just want to add a little bit more because they want to get a little bit leaner that also is going to add to the overall calories you're burning. If you don't change what you eat throughout the day, you don't eat extra because you had some extra cardio in the morning, uh, then you're, gonna, you're going to end up having a calorie deficit. So, and, but same thing works if you don't do fasted cardio. Um, if you end up having, like you said, if you end up burning more and eating the same or less, then you're still going to get results. So it really depends on a person's personal preference. You know, if they prefer to have something in their stomach when they eat or not. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, um, yeah, like you said, it's not any secret sauce, but um, if someone adds in that extra bit, you're going to see progress, which is, I think, I think is why a lot of people are really strong advocates for it is because there are results from fasted cardio mm -hmm. um, and that's great, but you can just try it out and see if it's good for you or not. So. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it is like a proven or exactly uh, guaranteed way of helping you make progress, but it can be something that can be beneficial for you. So we definitely encourage people to experiment with it mm -hmm. if they like it. Um, but if you're planning to do really intense exercise in the morning, we do not recommend you do that fasted. Um, to have some type of energy, even just a little bit, a little bit of food, um, around a couple hours before you do that really intense exercise. Let's say you're going for a sprint workout, 
you're doing some heavy weight training, high effort type stuff, then your body wants, it's gonna need to have some available energy. You'll have what you had for dinner the night before, but having something that is, goes through some digestion a couple hours before and is in your bloodstream already is gonna help you manage that high intensity activity much better. We don't recommend fasted cardio for high intensity exercise. Right, and I think that just makes sense, right? So if we look at those three energy systems again, mm-hmm. um, for steady state cardio, we're mainly gonna be using that um, the fat, the slow burning, continuous one. But if we're going to be doing a high intensity like sprint workout, um, and we're going to be wanting to use all three energy systems, mm-hmm. having that food to help um, help fire those systems up and help mm-hmm. you actually use them in the most effective way is only going to make sense. It's going to help your results um, only be better. So. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Hope that answers that question well. Uh, let's move on to the next one. So we're talking about um, when should you train your core. Uh, what do people even mean with that? Like, what do you think people mean when they're asking about that? (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, (laughs) I think a lot of people, uh, they want to, you know, they focus on, you know, maybe their big power movements, their big, like main lifts that they love to do or main exercises that they love to do. And then, um, core is kind of like, okay, now I have to do this too. Um, Mm -hmm. because they want to, you know, have that beach body or just, Mm -hmm. you know, generally be more functional, um, or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what people mean mainly is the aesthetic that the aesthetic. they're going for. Yeah. So those sort of contracting movements, the sit-ups, the crunches, the different sorts of ab exercises more right. specifically. Um, but let me, let me, uh, give you guys our approach with LinFit coaching. Uh, we view core exercises as in a few different angles. One, we view your core as more of a stability mechanism for our spine, for our core. That is your, uh, from the base of your neck to your pelvis, that's your core. And so if you, you know, if you remove your limbs, that's your core. Um, and so your, the way that your core or your abs, all those muscles around your stomach and your back, your spine, they're all the primary purpose they're designed for is keeping that structure stable. It's not for doing a sit up. It's actually for bracing uh, for breathing so bracing and breathing are like the most important uses of that and then whenever they need to contract to help you move that's a third use but the primary uses you're using for the for all day long is bracing yourself in your posture to resist shear forces that cause pain and breathing you use them for breathing especially whenever you're getting into higher intensity exercise your abs assist in breathing mm-hmm. and then uh and so because of that our approach with core exercises is first we like to take people through a movement assessment if we notice any sort of um, lack of mobility we like to address that from core first and then to extremity we want to address that first we want to make sure that we're working with the core and then the extremities or your arms and legs first and then breathing um, and stability. So we, we picture it more as, okay, if we find a movement problem, as in a whole movement pattern, a uh, sort of a uh, transitional movement or developmental movement. So think of how you learn from a baby all the way to how you're walking, moving, sitting as an adult. Um, we want to restore those movement patterns through our core exercises. And so whatever's going to help you be more aware or more stable. Uh, so we work on your mobility first 
your stability second, um, which means you could have you know one-sided movements in the program. Um, you could have some contraction movements that forces you to stabilize in your upper or lower body. Um, so it helps you have more stability throughout your entire body through all movements. And then work on correction as far as correcting the exercise as well itself or training that exercise increase your capacity your ability to do exercise well your fitness mm -hmm. and so with that our consider our core movements more as like accessories building blocks rather than the foundation of uh, fitness and performance right and so um because of that like a lot it is kind of like this uh background like accessory type of thing, mm -hmm. but we use it all the time, right? So mm -hmm. we're going to be using it in squats, um, deadlifts, anything that you have to brace, um, mm -hmm. you're going to be using it consistently. And so that's one of the ways that we train it at LinFit is by using lifts that not only focus on different muscle groups, but also the core that it's included consistently, mm -hmm. um, throughout different workouts. Um, and yeah, I think that a lot of people may not necessarily realize that, that the core is really involved in all of these different workouts, mm -hmm. that it's highly used. Um, it's not like if you're doing a back squat, you're not only using your legs, you're using um, so much of your body. Yeah, so. it's a full body movement. You're mm -hmm. engaging everything. If your core is not strong, it's gonna be harder to do that squat. So you get yourself under load, you gotta use your core like crazy. You know, mm -hmm. there's if, if you look online, you can actually see some really strong people with really good looking cores. <laughs> um, and many of them, like, especially if you look at like Olympic weightlifters, a lot of those dudes are jacked, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but they don't necessarily do specific like crunches and core isolation exercises that much mm -hmm. compared to their other lifts. Right. So when like during a workout um, or even during the week of like programming, would you prioritize core? Um, well, if your movement scores are good, um, if we're good to the movement assessment and we're able to train, um, if they're, if your movement scores aren't so good, we're going to work in a lot of those balance type exercises, those stability type exercises, those mobility type exercises until we're at a point where we're like, okay, we're ready to train. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we're working in the program, whatever it requires a ton of, um, stability or balance and core engagement um, to stabilize yourself, we'll keep that usually first so that, because I don't want to make your core tired and then make you have to stabilize yourself. So for example, I'm not going to burn you out on crunches or something and then make you squat. It's going to be super hard to squat. It's going to feel heavier than it actually is because your core's tired. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to try that, go ahead and go and do, um, some burnout sets on crunches and then go and try to squat and see how you feel. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Other ways we work it in after we get through like some of those core like sort of power lifts or strength building lifts or because every ben everybody benefits from being strong, um, so we may not be necessarily trying to get you bigger or more muscular, but we're trying to help you have a stronger core, more stable core. Uh, so work on that first, and then the sky's the limit with how we get creative after that we can work on some one-sided stuff like let's say if you do a single-sided deadlift a dumbbell or doing a whole dumbbell on one side doing any type of movement you're going to engage your core like crazy um, to stabilize that and it's a way of sort of contracting it slightly in small movements uh, but also adding in a core movement with a cardio movement is awesome for our aesthetics 
So uh, for example, let's say if I'm, if we have you go on a run, you know, a short run, this say like a 200 meter sprint or something like that. And then I have you do some leg lifts or toes to bar or something after that, that core exercise, you'll get more out of it because our core is active in our breathing. Whenever your heart rate gets up, you're breathing more, you're using that core. So when you exhale to do that crunch or that core movement, you're gonna get a deeper contraction, which is gonna ultimately benefit that better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we when do we do the more isolation sort of burnout type uh, core contraction movements? That's usually towards the end for a finisher where you kind of burn out and you lay on the floor like, ah, my abs are on fire. <laughs> you know, that's usually towards the end because I care more about keeping it fresher for the rest of the movements before. That's usually our program structure, how we work it in, how definitely recommend anyone else works it into their program too. Right, and if you're not gonna put it at the end, then maybe have like a designated day for core that you really want to maybe do some runs um, Mm. and core together. Um, But yeah, doing it before any big lift that requires a lot of stability is gonna really limit your ability to get the most out of that lift. Yeah, so. yeah, but this isn't just like the ab type movements, the ones that you see in front. The core also includes your back, mm-hmm. and so back extensions, Superman stuff on the floor, um, stuff where you're in a prone position, you have to hold your body up. Um, those are great um, for working in at the beginning as a warm up to sort of activate yourself, not burning yourself out or really demanding yourself uh, to sort of get ready for a demanding barbell lift. And it's great to work in at the end, working both sides of the body. Um, if you're strong in both the back side of your core, being able to hinge yourself, bend your back and extend it, um, and being able to contract and lengthen your abs um, will be huge in your strength and your aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So those that's some ways that we um, approach that. And I hope that really increases your own understanding of how you can work core and it hopes that gives you some creativity. Um, so, and we love diving deep into the science of this. Hope you guys um, enjoyed us answering these questions with some relatively thorough answers um, and helps you understand how we program for you, for our clients um, online. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. We're looking forward to more Q and A sessions like this.